Just tell me when we're recording. We're recording. You're listening to Tarot Visions. You lucky devil. Hi, Jamie. Hey, Rose. How's it going? Not bad. How are you recovering from all of the crazy and wonderful things that was Pantheacon, the last convention? Sorry, had to. No, it's totally fine. I get it's it. The final, sorry. Um, it's the final <laughs> Pantheacon. It doesn't quite work. No, or Pecan would work. But anyway, how, how was it for you? I had a lot of fun at it. And I'm also really tired. And I don't know if that's because I had a lot of fun. It was the last pecan or it's Mercury retrograde. It's all, if, yeah, yeah. It's all of the things mixed together, right? Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. Because again, it was that bittersweet ending, you know, I mean, and it hit me on my drive in that I had been going to Pantheacon for 20 years. 20 years. That's crazy. Right? And yet, yeah. I actually went through all the booklets and kind of filed them away because I needed more space on my working shelves. Yeah, I'm I'm a Taurus moon out there. Anybody knows what that means. It means highly organized. And I've got 2011, but I could have sworn, because that has me teaching in it and I actually wrote in there I taught this and then the class after was supposed to be a tarot class but that presenter didn't show up so I said I stepped in and taught this too yeah but I so I think I was either 2010 or 2011 as my start somewhere yeah. in there. and I know I missed a couple of years when I had the unfortunate ankle incident that happened yeah. but yeah it's been a large chunk of my teaching and tarot career Right. And it's, it's been a large part of, I think, many people's connection to their spirituality, divination, hanging out with their tribe, if you will. Yes. And I think upon reflection of all of this, there's been so much that's happened in those 20 years. I mean, for me specifically, you know, my very first one, they were still at the the, uh, Cathedral Hill Hotel, which is now a hospital, which is crazy. Yeah, I know, right? I'm I'm looking at her with like that wild-eyed look of what what hospital? Yeah, it's now a hospital. Weird. It is. It's very strange. And seeing that evolution of being the baby pagan going to your first tarot class. Oh my goodness, getting to have that meet Mary Greer moment for the very very first time and then this year going Mary knows me on a first name basis. Yeah. You know, and you can't imagine all of the, you know, there's all kinds of work that goes into that and talking and things and and how much spirituality for many of us has grown and changed and blossomed. And mm-hmm. I went in with the, I'm a baby pagan and I got a tarot deck and da, 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 and now I'm going to be working with you to make tarot decks. I've helped put out other books and decks with Tarot Media Company and... You know, I've got to meet you and got to read your awesome book, Tarot Inspired Life. We've taught there, which was really great. I got to teach with Charles Harrington, and we did. We, we got to step in and teach for Mary Greer, which was very surprisingly wonderful. So this all this stuff has kind of happened, and now it's 
ending. And it's just very, it's a little surreal. It is. It's abrupt in a way because, again, you've been doing this for the past 20 years. I've been doing it for the past 10 or so years. And it's been that President's Day weekend slash Valentine's Day kind of around time where at least you kind of see your partner that weekend. I say to my partner, I love you. I always slipped her a card either in her bag to go to work or her laptop, something where she would see it. I think one year I slipped it under her keyboard at work because it was the day before. And I had to remind her, look under the keyboard to find it because sometimes she doesn't see things. <laughs> but it's like that possibly next year, it's going to be the first time we're going to sit on the sofa. and I'm going to be like, hey, babe, guess what? It's Valentine's Day and we're in the same room. What do we do? We don't know right? what anymore because it's always been that time where I'm hanging out with the pagans and doing the, the pagan, you know, love fest. Well, to be fair, there is a new event that's going to be taking its place. Um, it's called Behind the Veils. I have no idea other than the name. They're gaming for the same weekend, the same hotel. Yeah. But that's as far as we go. So, yeah. I mean, I may go to that because it's local to me. Mm-hmm. And you may come down, who knows? Or as you said, we might be going to our partners. Hi, it's Valentine's Day. You want to do something? I mean, part of me kind of doesn't do anything anyway on that day other than yes, give a card or what have you. Because again, it's a paper wonderful holiday. And I say I love my husband all the time. So and you say you love your partner all the time too. Yeah. So eh. but on the other hand, it might be interesting to see where we go and where we land. I know. Next year, right? Yeah. I, there's, there's a couple of new stuff coming up. I know for me, just looking back where I started, I cut my teaching teeth at BATS. Mm-hmm. However, that led me to PantheaCon where I went my first year, had a lot of fun, learned what other groups and rituals went on. And that mm-hmm. opened my eyes as somebody who's kind of eclectic solo pagan or witchy here in Portland. I don't associate with many groups. But I brought that back to one of the more looser groups that I used to hang out with in Salem and said, hey, folks, this is, you know, some ideas for what we should do for other festivals or stuff. But then I kept teaching my own tarot stuff. And a lot of the material for tarot-inspired life came from those classes that I taught at PantheaCon, at Mm -hmm. BATS. And, you know, it's just been like this year, I, gosh, they told me that the room limit was 100 people. I know that my door person had to turn away people. And it felt like there was at least 75 to maybe a full 100 because people ran, we ran out of chairs. You ran out of chairs. You ran out of tables. There were people sitting on the floor. Yes, I was in her class. And it was really quite full. And it was lovely, I think, you know, and I think that's a great way to end your PantheaCon teaching career. It was. I mean, I taught two classes this year, one by myself and one with Diana Rachel, which was also fun. But it was an honor to see that so many pagans wanting to learn how to use tarot and journaling techniques together at 1.30, the first time slot on a PantheaCon, which sometimes can be hit or miss because everybody's, you know, checking in or hanging out and giving, you know, hugs and other things. So it was really neat to see that and overwhelming in a way because I did not expect that I wouldn't need a microphone. I you know, I'm pretty loud, but I was like, oh God, I should have asked for a mic. And I didn't because I wasn't sure, you know, you never know at these uh, symposium style conventions, how many people you're going to get in a room. Exactly. That was neat. I think you did an excellent job. Thank you. On both those classes. I was very fortunate to be able to go to both. 
And I learned a lot from both of them. Um, and in case you don't know who Diana Rachel is, she wrote, has written, I should say, mm-hmm. uh, Urban Magic, which is coming out soon from Llewellyn. Yep. Uh, we fortunately got a reader's copy. So there will be some re- reviews somewhere, maybe even an interview with Rachel or Diana Rachel. But we'll see. <laughs> she's a, yeah, she's a fun person. And she I, got, I got to blurb her book. And it's one of the better city magic books out there. Like she is an actual practicing urban pagan where she's not trying to bring like forest pagan a tree into your home. She's like, nope, I don't want to go camping. Spiders, eek. You know, I want to do magic in a city. I want to stay, you know, where there is concrete. Mm-hmm. It's a good book. It's, yeah, we'll have a well, rock. It'll be fun. Yeah, and that's the fun part. And then your cl- the class that you two of you taught was really great about creating an oracle around your, your city. Yeah, we came up with two different versions. It was dividing your city, basically. And her, in her version, she just wanted to kind of throw out a bunch of places. And then you associate, like you do a tarot deck, meanings to those places. Like for me, um, let's, as an example, there's a Dutch Brothers coffee place within walking distance of my house. So I would see that as connection or mm-hmm. nourishment because you know, coffee you know, or even um, fire because caffeine wakes you up in the morning. So you can kind of go through different places, city, uh, locations, streets, bridges, weather patterns, et cetera, et cetera. You can spiral this whole thing out of control. I remember when she told me to start making my version, I had 63 cards within five minutes. And I'm like, I got to put a cap here because I'm not sure how I'm going to work with this deck. So this particular deck is kind of like a, how can the city help you? You shuffle it like an oracle or a tarot deck. Ask your question like, you know, what's the best way for me to study for this test? You pull a card and then let's say it's a, again, a coffee house. You go to the coffee house. Or if it's a bridge and that bridge is connected to, say, love, maybe you go find a group of people you love to go hang with or help them, have them help you study for the test. You know, something like right. that. I'm just kind of ad hocing it off the top of my head. But I came up with kind of a slightly different thing where let's say you want to help your city. Mm-hmm. So I came up with 12 broad magical types like animal healing, hexing, divination, love magic, protection magic, money magic, et cetera, et cetera. And you shuffle those cards up and you pull one of those. And that's the type of magic that you need. Then you use those locations and you shuffle that deck. And instead of using like the keywords that you wrote down for a cemetery or something, like an example that I did is I shuffled my cards and I came up with Lone Fur Cemetery, which is one of the older cemeteries here in Portland. The corresponding card that I got for magic was hex. And I've never done hexes or anything, but I feel feel like the city was trying to tell me that Lone Fur is having issues either with people vandalizing it or just screwing up the energy. So either it needs a hex removed or maybe a hex placed on it for protection. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I need to work with Diana because she's pretty good with hexes because I think her second, her next book is going to be about them to see more information on what I can do to help that part of the city. But again, it's really all in what you want to do with the city and how you want to explore where you live and bring divination into it. Because as you and I are, we're kind of tarot mages. We got to have our decks. We got to do that. And I love divination. And it's a great way to blend the two and also work with your city spirits or your land spirits, depending on how you want to do it. 
which is the thing I really enjoyed about that class, was we looked at where we live, not necessarily outside of that, and just started looking at the basics of where you spend your time in your cities and naming off things. And sometimes there were things that you didn't have things for. Like, I don't live around a lot of bridges in my hometown, but because I also live in the Bay Area, I do spend a lot of time in San Francisco. So I was able to blend that in because it wasn't just about the city I live in. It was about my community. So that was really helpful. And again, you have to really look at all of these things when you're trying to make this oracle. I think that once you guys get this all sorted, it will be a very exciting book and I look forward to reading it. Yeah, we are we are testing the waters for co-creating that book. I think it would be a lot of fun because there's other ways that originally the class was going to be all the ways that you can talk to your city with all the different devices, blah, 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 blah. And that was more lecture and neither one of us wanted to actually just sit up there for like an hour and a half and go, well, actually, blah, 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 blah. You know, we wanted to bring something more fun into it. And we decided creating a deck and having people start immediately trying to figure out what connections they had to their city. Like city streets for me, I live off a city street, but really for me to get to anywhere else that I do in a day-to-day basis. I get all, I drive down one street and I turn off left or right and I get to the grocery stores that I go to, the uh, 24-hour fitness that I go to, my cat's veterinarian, you know, it's just, it's crazy. Right, because it's all off that street, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy. But yeah, like you said, we've got all these bridges. And if I wanted to, I can extend Portland, Oregon into Vancouver, Washington, because in a way they are part of Portland, Oregon being a suburb. So yeah, there's so much that city divination can do and we could probably babble on. We, we need to save all this stuff. So when we bring Diana on, we can all babble on about this right. hour or so. We will. But that brings me back to now with your teaching and the upcoming events that we're both doing and then the yeah. upcoming events that we're not both doing. The upcoming event that we're both doing is uh, Newt's uh, Northwest Terror Symposium, which is in nine days from this from this time of recording, which probably will be even less once you guys all get to hear it. And it's very exciting with all of our friends are coming and we get to see all the people and I get to run Reg and hand out tarot decks and you get to make fun of me while I do it because you never know what I'm going to say. I don't know how to describe that, you know, that that's a different meeting of the tribes, if you will. Whereas Pantheacon was all of our spiritual connections. Mm -hmm. This is more granular. It's more our divination connections. I look at it as like Pantheacons, like the extended family of like the second, third, fourth cousins type variety where it's Mm -hmm. like, hey, I meet you only once a year and I do love you and we should start connecting more often, but we don't because we got lives and that's okay. And Pantheacon is fine for us to connect. But like, yeah, Newt's Reader Studio and some of the other conventions that have been gone and hopefully will come back are more like those really close family gatherings because as I've mentioned we are the divination witches we want to hang out with other diviners people that play with cartomancy or other techniques you know the charms or other things we want to the tiles yeah the tile now it's all about tiles and 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 laser etched items because you know we're all magpies and everything but yeah it's coming home and Newt's being in my backyard is one of those things where I am so happy we have a area in Portland where we can offer 
people from all over the world gather and hang and see exactly how big the divination world actually is because Portland's kind of tiny and sometimes we don't talk to one another and it's just fun when everybody gets together and I get to, you know, show new friends here in, in Portland that are just getting into the art of tarot or divination and show them to like people that Beverly Frabel, who's been doing this for years and going around to all the things and is kind of con mom to me and all that, you know, I get to. Yeah. It's great to hear that she's coming too. I'm so excited. I love her. She's just a fantastic lady to talk to and just fun. And this is the shout out to Beverly Frabel and to all of the wonderful people that we get to meet, but specifically to Beverly, because that was the one thing she used to be always like the first person to register for events. And it was always great to see her name in, in the registration databases that we got to see her in. So, yay, Beverly, we love you. Yay. The funny thing is that when she never got first, she'd be all mad about it, too. She'd be like, yeah. I didn't get first? What? No way. <laughs> because she is, yeah, she's one of the, the mainstays of our family, in a way. Yeah. It's like whenever I don't see her name or she says she's not coming, I immediately ping her and just be like, hey, are you okay? What's going on? And, you know, life does get in the way, though. That's the thing about these conventions. And as we have done this a lot together. As you've mentioned this year, we're actually going to have some stuff where we're not going to be together. Yeah. I'm not going to reader studio this year, which is kind of a bummer, but I'm very excited because you are. And I get to hear all of the cool things that you get to do while you're there. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to reader studio. I mean, again, it's like newts except East coast. Mm -hmm. About it's about the same size, but different in that we all get to take the same classes together Mm-hmm. Some people are kind of different because they're more local to the East Coast side. But this year I'll be teaching an incubator, which is on Saturday morning. It's one of those little wrap-up group tables that people break up into and kind of learn a small new technique or take a new idea away. So I've decided to do, I have a class called Mix and Match, and I'm going to do a roundtable style version of that class where since now Reader Studio is doing a divination day, where mm-hmm. I think this year we get tea dominoes and animal spirit communication. So I want to know how people are going to use that information in with their tarot practice, if any, since reader studio is more of a tarot thing, but I'd like to know how people are going to use their techniques and talk and we can talk about how we can help each other blend that in and ramp it up and kick it up a notch because it's always, you know, it's fun to learn new techniques but it's a bummer when we forget about it. And then we go back through our notes like I did this morning or something and go, Oh yeah, I remember that. Why the heck was I not using that? I need to start using that more. Well, and it's the thing is like, we always learn new stuff, but sometimes we just, we're not super comfortable with it or we fall out of practice and yeah, we go back to something that's familiar. Yep. But this is the great thing about going to these events is that you get to have these other interactions and you get to talk to people and, and what have you. And network, I found that going back to kind of Pantheacon, that the first Pantheacon I ever went to, I tried to do all the things, all the things, just because I'm Little Miss Overachiever, I was the A++ student, you know, blah, blah, blah in high school, I wanted to do all the things. But as you go on throughout the years, you drop out on things. And my standard, and this is kind of a good rule of thumb for anybody out there going to conventions, don't, if they're like symposium style or like college style, don't do more than three things a day. You can book as many as you want, but just do up to three things because you really don't get time to chat with others. You don't get time to take a nap if you need it or bathe or eat. 
and it's really important that you upkeep the self-care. And like I mentioned in the beginning, I'm still, I feel like I'm still recovering over Pantheacon, or it could just be the allergies that are coming up or even mercury retrograde. Something has made me really, really tired. And I'm really glad that at Pantheacon, I didn't do a whole lot of things. I may have taken like five classes, but the connections I made, the chats that you and I have had, um, the shenanigans we've had around like the, what was that? The, the dinner slash dessert table that night where oh. we were talking about books and all that. That was those, I come home with feeling more loved and more fulfilled than sometimes learning a new technique and forgetting about it. Right. Exactly. It's about the connections. And and then again, the, keep in mind the six to one rule. Yep. Six hours of sleep, two meals, and at least one shower. You can mix up the six hours and the two meals if you need to, to have two hours of sleep and six meals. Always, 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 and I'm going to say it one more time, always take that daily shower at a convention specifically. Because again, you just want to wash away some of the stuff that sticks to you, kind of on that physical as well as uh, spiritual level. And it really helps you just get ready for the next day. But yeah, I mean, figuring out your pacing is really important. Because again, sometimes the classes, while are they're great, may not be why you're there. Maybe to meet this one person that you really need to talk to. And this is the only time you get to see them. So take advantage of that. Um, and don't beat yourself up if you don't do all the things the next time. And yeah. I've, I've found that that's been something I had to do with self-care as well. It's like, I don't take all the classes and I don't get to do all the things. But I got to do this one thing and that was really, you know, connected and important. So... Yeah. And I find that like, you know, you and I have both worked, well, you're still working newts. And while I worked it and I've helped out at other cons as well, when you are on staff, it's very different, a very different point of view than when you are attending or even presenting. Because as a presenter, you get to present. And if you're lucky, you go first, or if you're lucky, you go last. But if you're in the middle, you're always kind of in that headspace of when is my class going to happen? And how's it going to go? And you really can't enjoy it. But I found like, if I go first, I'm like, yay, I get to be free. I get to be an attendee afterwards and be just my bubbly self. And I don't have to be on, you know, like Jamie, the author or Jamie, the tarotist, you know, well, you still got to be Jamie, the tarotist and Jamie, the author. It's just <laughs> not true. as much pressure, I think. Yeah. But running a convention, it's so hard because sometimes you don't get to take the classes. So you're asking people, Hey, if you take, if you take that class, take some notes or tell me about it because I don't get to. And then you're hunting people down for information or asking people as they come out, how was it? And you get the thumbs up sign and it's just, it's worth it. It's worth it when the, you get to see the joy of people's faces. That's very true. Or like, I know like Pantheacon, they have that lost and found. And when people lose their items, but find it that weekend, they are so happy and so thankful that it was there. And it's so neat to see. Yeah. That's true. And having been in that position of helping out in con ops, you, you get to see different people and what classes they took or somebody loses something, but you notice that they're wearing this cool thing and you start going, oh, hey, that's a really great dress you got on. And they say, yeah, and I'm teaching this class. You know, oh, you do. And you get to learn about what they're teaching. And sometimes you've got to go, okay, now I've got to make sure I schedule my shift so I can go take that class. And sometimes you can't. And that's when you do those extra friends who are just attending to be able to go to those classes for you and say, get good notes. However, comma, I think the thing that I love about this time of year is that we get to have all these spiritual connections and tarot connections and 
building up our, our practice to sort of fortify us through the rest of the year when we're not doing all of that stuff and we're doing the day-to-day mundane readings and talking to clients and meeting with other people and, you know, doing our stuff where we're kind of isolated. This is that one way to go, Hey, I get to meet with my people yeah. and then fortify yourself until the next time. That's a good way of putting it. My old counselor, Sean Clark, who passed away a couple of years ago, used to call it refilling the batteries. And that's something I do. Every convention I go is I'll check my spiritual battery level and tap it off or fill it up or add new ones as I need, because I'm one of those that as the year goes on, even though I'm doing lots of cool things like writing new manuscripts for books or maybe going to local events or bookstores and having people sign my books, I still get kind of sad when I am not around my peeps, when I'm not around my family. Mm-hmm. And so these batteries or this fortification process helps you last throughout the year. Of course, we all have to remember social media exists or email exists and we you know, get to talk to people more often. And I'm trying to do better at that with some of the people I've met this year at Pantheacon and other conventions. And I'm hoping to keep those conversation threads going because, yeah, I don't, you know, next year is going to be weird when, again, this time comes around and it's like, oh, I'm not going to see so-and-so this year. Or you'll get to meet new people if you go to the new event. It just all depends. So in the realm of all the things we've been doing, you and I got to collaborate on an actual project besides this podcast. I know. What could that be? Well, you know exactly what that is. I know. But the listeners don't. I know. Don't you? If they've been paying attention to either. (laughs) Well, okay. If they've been paying attention to any of my social media. I yeah. can't say for you, sure for you, because you've been other busy with the next projects and I'm not quite there yet. We both got the pleasure to work on the Vox Arcana tarot deck that's coming out. in. It's officially out in September, according to the Llewellyn website. I think so, September, October. Yeah. But it's through uh, Los Garabeo. So it's Rosa's first kind of official Los Garabeo publication. Yeah. And I thought it was great that Ricardo pretty much paired us up and I got to teach Rose the ropes as it were and kind of mentor her through what they want, how they do this and all that. And it was really fun. It was a great experience. And I would uh, recommend everyone at some point in their life. And again, I'm going to continue to do so because I've got other projects that I'm working on in regards to creating other tarot decks work on, you know, with someone that you trust on making a tarot deck or work on one of by yourself, even it's more work than you think. (laughs) It truly is. Yeah. I mean, writing, writing a little white book for art that someone just throws at you and you don't know the artist is interesting because you got to create a world or at least in my point, that's how I do it. I, I do world building. I create a world and then I write about it and you know, all the ideas, but when you get to create your own deck, and get assigned a illustrator or have an illustrator to work with. It's a little bit different, but still a lot of work because you mm-hmm. have to hit your targets and your dates. And it's important to keep in mind that you're not just making something for yourself. You're making something that's going to be marketable. And that was the one thing that I think both Jamie and I kept in mind with this deck. And it was kind of exciting because again, it's 78 cards with 78 different artists with 78 different ideas and then the two of us splitting it up and figuring out, okay, well, how are we going to approach it? Yep. And I think the fact that we got to make it more about the voices of each of the cards and the characters coming together 
to be performers was really yeah. great. I do as well, because that was the easiest way to tie it in together. How do you tie 78, 79 voices in? Plus you have two authors who possibly write really different or have different mm -hmm. styles or attitudes. And I love the idea that we came up with kind of opera slash music slash Eurovision, but less of the fancy Eurovision in a way, but we were able to create a play or a stage setting for yeah. these cards to dance on and tell their stories and their songs. Mm -hmm. And I think that our listeners and others will enjoy it just as much as we had enjoyed putting it together, I think. Yep. And then I know that you're working on a bunch of other things and a new <laughs> book. And then I've yep. been told to work on my book by uh, the publisher or the publicist at Llewellyn. She's like, I'll buy that. I'm like, yeah. okay, then I better finish it, huh? And she oh, laughs yeah. and said yes. <laughs> so again, it's all these little things we're working on throughout the year to keep everything going forward. Plus, we're just catching you all up with everything. We're not going away. Don't worry. We've got an interview coming up with Mark Horn. Well, we don't, you do. Yeah, yeah I guess. Yeah, I'll be, um, one of the later episodes is going to be with Mark Horn, who wrote Tarot at the, and the Gates of Light, which is a really in-depth, cool program that combines Kabbalistic, Jewish Kabbalistic thinking and the cards together. And it just goes really deep. And I'm looking forward to talking to Mark and having a bunch of the questions I have answered and showing it off all to you. And I'm not even done with that book. I don't even know if I'm going to be able to be done with that book at any amount of time that's like reasonable because it's so in depth. Yeah, but I think that that's the beauty of the book that you're that you're reading is that Mark touches on all of these topics and really digs deep and has you as the reader dig deeper into how you view things and finding those connections. It sounds really fascinating. It is. And I'm it's... really sorry. I'm not going to be able to join you on that uh, particular interview, but That's I know okay. I look forward to listening to it because when I can't join you or you can't join me on things, we get to listen to how the other person did it. It's kind of exciting to see, Oh, Hey, that's a question I would have asked. Oh, that's a thing. I, Oh, I'm glad she asked that question. I'm glad they did that. You know, kind of hilariously cheering each other on, even though we're both on the same podcast. And then I know that there's one other podcast I'd really like to talk about, if you don't mind. Yeah. So I started at the beginning of this year, a new podcast with my friends, Melissa Sanova and Hillary Perry Hagerty, two girls that we've, God, we've been hanging out since 2004 when we went to the soulful proprietorship retreat that Teresa Reed put on. And last year, halfway through, Liz got this crazy idea. I want to start a podcast. So we started talking about it. We had to do some rules, whereas we try and be cuss free here on Tarot Visions. Sometimes we do have explicit content. Card Slingers is 100% uncensored, unfiltered, explicit, because a couple, we all like to kind of cuss on occasion or let it loose. So we, uh, just the three of us talking tarot. We try and do a show where we talk about the card and what our favorite card is and between other interesting topics. We did one for February called Mercury and, and Gatorade, which was our, well, we called it Mercury and Gatorade, but it's all about Mercury retro retrograde okay. because last year when we recorded it before we were all getting together in St. Louis, we had a retrograde coming up and then we decided to release that episode this month because we are in a Mercury retrograde. But yeah, we just kind of pick tarot topics that are interesting to us. Sometimes we vent a little bit. Sometimes we get a little rowdy or giggly. 
I think uh, Kendra, who edits those video, um, videos, those podcasts, says that Hillary's kind of the more giggler person. Liz is definitely more the sailor as far as cussing goes. And I kind of bridge between the two. Bridge the gap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I bridge the gap. But we have a lot of fun. We riff off each other. And it's just, again, another short kind of no more than 30 minute podcast that you can use on your commute. So Steve, we're doing crazy things that all of you guys are going to love. So you don't have to just listen to us talk. You can listen to Jamie talk with two other people woohoo, who are amazing. Yes. They, they're, well, Melissa wrote Kitchen Table Tarot, Tarot Elements, and her new book coming out later this year is called Kitchen Table Magic. And it's, I've already read a draft of that. And it's going to be a lot of fun. But yeah, if you like cussing, if you like my, the sound of my voice and don't mind hearing it, you know, once a week or something, because we're going to be off scheduling for Tarot Visions then please join us and tell us what you think because, and tell us what you think about tarot visions and what you'd like us to cover because we're not going away and we want to hear from you. We want to know what you want to have us talk about. Yeah. It's nice to hear what everybody wants to to know more about and ways that we can expand what we talk about. Cause Jamie and I love to talk about stuff, but we're not the only ones in the world who listen to us. We listen to us, I think. Yeah, so please, listeners, let us know what you want to hear. If there's anybody that you're interested in, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter. And you can also email us. We have a Gmail account. And all of that will be in the show notes. So please feel free to reach out. And I think that's pretty much everything that's been going on up until this point, Jamie. What do you think? I'd agree. I'd say the only other thing that we really got to say is if you are coming to Newt's Reader Studio or any of the future conventions that we'll be at please come in up to us and say hi and chat with us we love talking we love talking paganism witchcraft tarot journals geeky stuff yeah just come on up and say hi yeah and again we're going to be doing more of that kind of stuff too we're not going to just limit ourselves to uh divination topics even though we are called tarot visions because again it's just been an interesting journey that we both have taken And it's fun to be able to bridge the gap between our tarot and our divination uh, items and our spirituality as a whole. So we hope that you'll join us on those journeys and we look forward to hearing from you. Thank you for listening to Tarot Visions, a podcast for the modern oracle. To keep the conversation going, find us on Facebook at TarotVisions US or follow us on Twitter at Tarot underscore Visions. changing their names.